Hello and welcome to episode 195 of the Heart of Markness Led Zeppelin podcast. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It is here in Portland. Actually, it's ridiculously cold in Portland. It is 19 degrees. It doesn't get that cold here, typically. We may get down into the 30s on occasion, but Portland doesn't get cold like it does like this. So this is bad. We've got an ice storm starting any second. And uh, so I expect uh, power outages, etc. No work tomorrow. Left early today. That's nice. And uh, no work until Tuesday. Till Tuesday. Hush, hush. Keep it down, down. Led Zeppelin. Ladies and gentlemen, June 6, 1977, Madison Square Garden, remastered, soundboard, recording. Now, I was going to do the Vancouver 71 recording that just came out, but I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet because it's been a busy, busy week for this man, and I've only had it this week. So, I'm doing this one because I already have it, and I've listened to it, and I know the show pretty well. June 7th, 1977, A Naked Eye 25 Remaster. Here's the set list, because you can download the whole show from heartofmarkness.com, thanks to my patrons. You got your intro, Into Song Remains the Same, Sick Again, Nobody's Fault But Mine, In My Time of Dying, with little tease of You Shook Me, Since I've Been Loving You, No Quarter, with Nut Rocker, for some reason, in June. Ten Years Gone, The Battle of Evermore, Going to California, Black Country Woman, Branyar Stomp, Going into White, Summer, Black Mountain Side, Cashmere, Over the Top, Top Top, Top Top, The Guitar Solo, Achilles Last Stand, Stairway to Heaven, Whole Lot of Love, Rock and Roll. A little bit of a truncated show. Don't know why. Don't know why they... Didn't play more, but they didn't. And I think my cousin, Terry, might have been at this show. He saw them on this tour in New York City. So it was one of the five nights at the Garden. I think it was five nights, right? So 20% chance of it being this one. It is raucous, caucus, a little bit of Bacchus. Nice. Pulled that off. And we are going to dive right in. It is 1977. They're supporting the Presence album, which came out the prior year. This is the this is the Dragon Suit Jimmy. There's a trillion, trillion photos from this tour. It is one of the iconic Led Zeppelins, Jimmy and the Dragon Suit. Let's just jump right in with Nobody's Fault But Mine. Brutal. Brutal, brutal. Enjoy it, my friends.
Well, well, well. It really is, uh, I can tell by the excitement level, it's really great to be back because we never, we never really knew whether we would ever make it back, you know? And I guess now that we have, we better do it good, right? It's to also be remembered that we English, let's cool the firecrackers too, okay? No more of them exploding things. It doesn't really come with good taste. 77 is kind of the year universally where the groups that made it from the 60s into the 70s, like The Who and Zeppelin and The Stones and Pink Floyd, Floyd especially, uh, realized that they had lost or had really greatly diminished the connection that they had with their audience. Led Zeppelin's connection with the audience was legendary. You listen to something like Blueberry Hill, and the audience is hanging on every note, listening to every note, going along with it. Now you're at a point seven years after Blueberry Hill, nine years into the incarnation of Led Zeppelin, and you realize that you have another generation of people going to the show because it's Led Zeppelin. They're like, dude, you want to go see Led Zeppelin? Fuck yeah, Zeppelin! And you have more people showing up, but with a diluted fan base. And it's also, you know, like you could hear with Robert, the fireworks, no throwing fireworks. There's a real problem in the late 70s with people whipping fireworks and bottle, not bottle rockets, cherry bombs and shit up on the stage. The kind of thing that can fuck somebody up, not just distract them. I don't know why you'd want to do that. If you're at a show, throw a firecracker up on stage. It hits Jimmy and goes off and fucks up the flow. He doesn't want to be up there. Nobody wants to be up there with explosives being thrown at them. Roger Waters famously spat upon fans in the 77 tour. He ended up despising them. It's kind of the genesis for the wall, aside from his ever-present loss of his father in the war. Um, yeah. They they got so big, they lost connection with their the, the audience. And they became product, and the audience was simply consumers in many ways. Plus, you're nine years into sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So you have people seriously across the board, deep into dependency issues. Everybody's on cocaine. And uh, it was thought that cocaine was non-addictive. Ha! Huh. Turned out not to be the case, as I found out in the 80s myself. Um, and then, of course, heroin, alcohol, quaaludes, pills, Xanax, not Xanax, Valium. All these things, which are terrible, horribly addictive, and awful to combine, uh, were being done in mass quantities at a time when it was kind of... Uh, it was cool to be the most fucked up person in the room. So it's an interesting time for the band because Robert Plant had a horrible car accident in 1975, fucked up his leg bad. He was in a wheelchair for months and months and months. Presence was recorded from a wheelchair and his leg. It's the kind of situation where it still pains him now. It was super fucked up. They put it back together as best as they could. 
And, you know, he was rich, so he had the best people do it. But, you know, I bet it would hurt if he's out in weather like this. And during that time when he was recuperating, you know, Jimmy partying more and more and more. And, you know, the the substances that Jimmy liked to partake in, um, in which Jimmy would partake, tend to uh, promote isolation. Opiates feel amazing. But they're like wrapping yourself up in a great big bear rug. You're warm, you're cozy, but you're not really uh, available for conversation. So Robert got back. The 77 tour was crazy. Everybody was fucked up. Bonzo was deep in his addictions because he got hooked on heroin, too, as well as alcohol, allegedly. Um, Jimmy is in his... Jonesy, from what I understand, isn't even really traveling with the band. He's doing his own thing and just kind of meets him at the show, which I think is great. Robert is feeling lost because Peter Grant is 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 super fucked up. They're doing mountains of cocaine, literal mountains, Scarface level quantities of cocaine all the time. Their road manager, Richard Cole, admitted to being a heroin addict and doing cocaine and alcoholic, everything at this time. People were functioning at a lower level. And as you're functioning at a lower level with a bunch of people who are fucked up all the time, as well as being the most popular band in the entire world and the biggest stars in the entire world, uh, egos get involved and... 77 tour wasn't particularly happy it had its moments it had its moments but it wasn't that uh unit that zeppelin always had been at that point it had started to compartmentalize and then of course with the unbelievably tragic loss of robert's son in the middle of that tour while they're in new orleans uh, pulls him right out of that whole world. And then when he comes back 18 months later, um, he has a lot more, Robert has a lot more clarity and he has to be coaxed back into the band and coaxed back into tell me why I would want to leave my family again to be involved in this shit show, basically. So they changed a lot of things. And that was the point where Led Zeppelin was already on life support because at that point, Robert had already conceived of a life without the band. So once that happened, even if the band had stayed together and Bonzo hadn't died and everybody had gotten clean and sung Kumbaya and really got back, Robert, I'm positive, still would have gone solo in the 80s in the same way Phil Collins did from Genesis. Genesis, tremendously huge band. Phil Collins, tremendously huge star. And he and Robert were really, really close friends at that time. The end of the 70s into the 80s, Phil helped Robert record his first album. He played drums. He toured with Robert on his first tour. And that's huge. When you've got one of the biggest stars in the world playing drums for you, it's not like they had a section of the concert where Phil Collins was you know, singing his shit. Nope, it was just Phil Collins playing drums for Robert Plant. So, I think that would have happened anyway. Um, And you can hear the difference. Zeppelin's a different band in 77. Still amazing, still a powerhouse, without 
question. But that spark and that magic and that swagger, dear Lord, dear Lord, things had changed. Oh, all this shit popping up on my screen. All right. Well, I've babbled. I took up some of your time. Good. I uh, Every minute of time that I take from you rolls my, rolls my clock back. So let's say a thousand of you listen to this. That's 7,000 minutes that I've taken back. I keep doing that. I'll grow younger. That's my theory anyway. Kind of a Dorian Gray situation. So let's listen to something else. Let's listen to In My Time of Dying, which is the song they played right after Nobody's Fault But Mine. So let's dig it and dig some of the fun they do at the end. It's also to be remembered that today is the beginning or the second day of the celebrations of Queen Elizabeth II's Silver Jubilee. And that's a heavy thing for us, so we'll do this one for Liz and for you.
Wild, <clears throat> almost going off the rails, but not quite doing it. Super aggressive, bam, 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 right in your face. Body blows the whole time, but still very, very good. <clears throat> I like that song. I don't always care for it live, but this one was all right. This one was all right. Seems like a higher level performance of the uh, April 27th Cleveland version, which is okay. It's okay in my book. You can find me anywhere you find podcasts, but you know that because you're listening to my podcast. Why do I have so many notifications? 
and Patreon. Oh, good. People are liking stuff. That's what I like to see. Holy shit. When I open up Patreon and I see all those things, like, oh my God, what are people saying? Yay. We're not at Patreon yet. You can find me on all the podcast platforms, which you already know because you've already found me. But I'm on uh, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, whatever. Pretty much if you're there's podcasts, I'm there. Unless it's like a podcast network, which is their own thing. No one's owning this podcast, I'll tell you that. Boom. So yes, you can also find me on Twitter and Facebook under the name Heart of Markness, as well as YouTube under the name Heart of Markness. Facebook is a nice Facebook group with a couple hundred really cool classic rock and Led Zeppelin fans who all hang out. Everybody's nice, and it's a great place to be, to learn about music, to make some friends, make some connections, and it's a great place to be like, what's that show where Jimmy blank, 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 and people will tell you and help you find it. It's a wonderful Now, I have to find out one thing before I... Tilda! That's the name. Good. That's what I needed to remember. I could not remember the name of my newest patron's daughter. So let's just jump to Patreon. If you like what I do, and you like how I do it, and you want to contribute and be part of the fun... Get your own podcast, at least one every month. And go to patreon.com slash heartofmarkness, see if there's something there for you. Or when you go to heartofmarkness.com to download this show for free, like you can do, click on the Patreon banner there and see if there's something of interest to you. No pressure. It's a free podcast, and uh, I intend it to remain that way. But there are operating costs, and there's a Patreon and uh, it really helps. So, here are the current titans upon whose shoulders rests this humble yet mighty podcast. So a laurel and hearty handshake go out to Keith and Tilda, Brian, Matt, Stephen, George, Big Ed, Kenny, John from West Footscray, Picard, Knegarn, Chris, Rob from Melbourne, Australia. How you doing, man? Wayne, Brad, Danielle, Tracy. I lost my place. I lost my place. I lost my place. Tracy, David, Bonzo, Billy, and Mimo. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for being my friend. Do, 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 do. Letting me do my own podcast. Do, do, do. Your heart is pure. You're a friend, you're a Patreon. Ba-da-dum, boom, boom. There you go. That's what happens. <clears throat> I'll sing you a song if you give me money. <laughs> give me money. No. It's a free podcast. It does really help uh, tremendously to pay for the, the website hosting, the SoundCloud hosting, the hosting for the Mega Cloud Drive where y'all download from, etc. And even, hey, this microphone through which I'm speaking to you was provided from patron support literally so thank you my friends thank you for being my friends i already sang that all right the spiel is over sorry it's always awkward every week and then because i go from something free flow 
If you can tell, I just wing these podcasts. I listen to the songs and start talking. Really? No shit. It was like like listening to the McLaughlin. What was it? The McLaughlin group on PBS? Back in the... Jimmy, Jimmy, Jom, Jom. Remember that? Maybe. Good stuff. So yes, I wing it. And then I have to do the spiel, which is all right. Well, thank you for listening to my podcast. And I'm available on the following platforms. So it's, it's dissonant. But you know what isn't dissonant? No Quarter by Led Zeppelin. Well, sometimes it is. And in place it is. It is, but it's dissonance on purpose most of the time. All right. Big old 27-minute long No Quarter with everything in the kitchen sink and moments of brilliance. So let's get to it. June 7th, 1977, No Quarter, Madison Square Garden. Imagine if you were there. Here we go. Boom. This next piece features the... uh the ever-nimble fingers of John Paul Jones. It's called No Quarter.
John Paul Jones on piano. John Paul Jones. So, so as you know, we had a sort of, um, we had a two-year physical break. Nice. That was so good. That was so good. Jimmy, pulling it all together at the end. Nice little wrapping it up in a bow. What a band. All right, I am tired. It is dinner time. It is blustery and cold. And it's starting to freezing rain outside. Yeehaw. We'll see how this ends up. Well, you probably, well, you might not hear from me before Christmas. I might, since I'm probably going to be stuck at home with this weather. If the power stays on, I'll probably do a bonus episode or a patron episode or something of that. But if it doesn't happen and I don't talk to you before Christmas, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. If you celebrate, hooray. If you don't celebrate, enjoy the time off. And, as always, please be good to yourselves and each other. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for everything. Bye-bye.